Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Aaron Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast. My podcast about immigrants, immigration, and everything in between. And just like that, we are on another week, meaning another episode of An Immigrant's Life. You know where to find me on Instagram, Facebook, at An Immigrant's Life. The podcast is available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please go ahead and click that subscribe button. All right? Cool. Now let's talk about this week's episode. One challenging aspect of immigration, especially for professionals that already have built their lives back in their home country, is to restart and find the same job, or at least a job that equals to their profession back home. And that's because employers, quote-unquote, do not know you, or for them, you don't have any credible references. And that's what pretty much what happened to our guest this week. However, instead of cowering down and quitting, he decided to fight back. And because of that, he achieved success. A quick note, this episode has been pre-recorded. And in the introduction, I've mentioned that the guest has two kids. But since recording this episode, him and his wife have since welcomed another child in their beautiful family. So I just want to clarify that and congratulate them as well. And with that, let me say... Without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today our guest is one cool dad. He's a biker, an outdoorsman, and a proud father of two. Everyone, please welcome RJ Hermino Mapoy. Hello everyone. It's nice to be on your channel. And yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast, RJ. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a, it's a, it's an honor. Oh, thank to have you. Here. You're too nice. You're too nice. Would you like to promote anything? Uh, yeah, I have this uh, YouTube channel with my kids. It's called RJ RJM Kids Mansion One Eight Four, and uh, also a Facebook page, the same name RJM Kids Mapoy uh, RJM Kids. Mansion 184, it's about my kids uh, mm. doing their stuff uh, during quarantine times, you know, all their adventures, all their artwork, all their drawings and stuff. So, yeah, it's just some fun stuff for kids. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I did some digging about you and I saw that you do, you build Gaddams. Uh, yes, that's a hobby that I set aside for now because I don't have a space <laughs> to do those uh, tiny robots. But yeah, I have a ton. Yeah. How many? Uh, last count, I got around 50. 50 unbuilt. Whoa. I would be happy if you would join me and build some. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the patience. <laughs> That's uh, uh, yeah. It's it's something mm. you know to pass time and to uh, give you sense of creativity as well, mm-hmm. and test your patience as well. You know, tiny tiny bits. You miss one, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> so you miss a part. Do you unbuild it or you just done? You can't yeah. do it anymore. 
build it and then salvage whatever you can on the other parts. You know. Oh wow! Because I have some uh, old Gundams that I am trying to rebuild hmm. because my kids destroyed it. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> you know, two girls playing Gundam. They're just bashing it like playing with their dolls with the Barbie. Oh boy. <laughs> That's not good. That's not good. So, when did you start building them? I uh, started when I was stressed, like 2016. So, four mm. years ago. Oh, four years ago. What yeah, made you something start? Something like that. Sorry? What made you start? Uh, I love anime to, to, to start. So, I, I was watching anime and then... I love. I started with uh, IBO, you know, Iron Blooded Orphans. Mm-hmm. It's one of the series, and I really like it. So I decided, oh, and I saw a posting in Kijiji saying, oh, this is a cheap Gundam, so I bought it. Like it's a steal. You're yeah. hooked. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm, that's awesome. But uh, like I said, but it's it it. I have to postpone it for a bit because I don't have a space for it. Mm. The kids took over the house. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna my, do? I, my my space is in the basement, and it's my man cave. And all of a sudden, my wife decided, "Hey, I need I need a space for the kids to play." So, <laughs> goodbye, man cave. <laughs> so, I invited you here to talk about your immigration story. So we'll start with. Where were you from originally? I am originally from uh, Nueva Ecija, Santa Rosa, Nueva Ecija, Philippines. And I started my journey 2010 when my uncle, um, when my mom visited uh, Calgary here in Alberta, uh, mm. 2000, yeah, somewhere 2010. And then my Uh, my uncle's uh, brother-in-law uh, told my mom that there is an opening. Uh, it's called Alberta Immigration Nominee Program, mm. and it's a family stream. It o- it only up opened uh, 2010 mm. for a brief period of time. So I'm really lucky to yeah. to be able to uh, arrive in Canada on mm. 2011. Wow, that's cool. But let's retract a little bit. I want to talk about your life in the Philippines a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, your hometown was it? Is it a small town? Yeah, it's a small town. Uh, you know, I I live by the uh, town proper, and it's it's a it's it's a small municipality class a i believe it's not a city but it's not a small small town feel it a bit it's a bit congested because of traffic you know mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure for sure so how was it growing up there it's good everything's accessible i got my friends there uh because i have my friends i got my relatives i got my cousin And I studied in Cabanatuan City. It's mm. uh, it's it's a nearby city. It's the capital where I, I also got my friends. So my network is huge, and I am all over the place. So 
you know. Very friendly guy. A bit, a bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so when, when I, you were young, what did you do for fun in a small town like that? Go to the farm, the fields, you know, play with your friends. There's no gadgets, like you can't afford it, you know. <laughs> so you have, you have to play with your your uh, your friends, your cousins, you know, climb trees, pick fruits, laugh at everything, mm-hmm. anything under the sky, and, you know, just have fun. Mm-hmm. Get sure. bruises, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> parts of growing up. Yeah. yeah, those were the days, eh? Mm-hmm. So high school days, how was your high school days? Well, pretty serious. Like, uh, I, don't, I didn't have a girlfriend see, uh, from high school. So I started having girlfriends uh, after graduation high school. So college. So after high school, you graduated. Did you go to a university in the Philippines? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, after graduation, after high school, I went to Manila to study uh, information technology. Hmm. So to school, I started with uh, uh, NIT. It's a school before. Uh, it's a test doc accredited. Then I continued my degree in uh, PCU, Philippine Christian University. Mm. where I graduated a bachelor's degree in information technology. Mm-hmm. Why did you transfer? Uh, it's done. Like After two years, you need to transfer to the university to complete the university degree. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's, mm. it's like a step. You know, NIT is a, uh, an associate, and then you have to finish it to get your bachelor's. Oh, so they're sister schools. At uh, that time, yes. Mm, they have okay. an agreement. So after college, what did you do? I started to apply for an IT job. However, you know, in the Philippines, it's it's hard to get a job that you are you, that you graduated for. So you have mm. to uh, get by whatever you can get. So my first job was an accounting clerk. Mm. You know, uh, in a motorcycle company, motorcycle dealer. Mm-hmm. Is that in your hometown or in Manila? It's in my hometown, in Webasia. Mm. I stayed there for two years, gradually uh, making or paving my way up. Mm. So I started as an accounting clerk, and then before resignation in two thousand nine. I was the lead in uh, uh, lead what's this, uh, credit and collection uh, manager. Oh uh, no, credit and collection analyst. Hmm, that's pretty good, man. Yeah, so I was stationed in uh, Bulacan. The whole area of Bulacan, it's under my my lead. Wow. And then I have, and then the new the good news that I can apply in Canada came so. I had to quit. Oh, that's when you resignated. Yep. Start processing the papers, you know, uh, starting the paper, the, the process, processing the IELTS, uh, all the necessary stuff mm. to get by, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then after I completed that, 
I went 2010. I I started working again in Giordano. Mm. <laughs> so I was a uh, management trainee back then. So it's uh, you know folding clothes, and mm. I I ended from uh, field work going to store work or store uh, or a mall work. Mm. It's it's kind of hard. It's it's boring. Yeah, just walking around. But let me just clear because you were you were mentioning that you were going to Canada, and uh-huh. then now you're working to Giordano. What happened between there? I don't understand. Uh, yeah. So I was processing the paper. I was a bum. Uh, yeah, I was a bum. So, you know, just uh, surviving on my on the last paycheck that I got. It's hard. So I I had I decided. Processing the papers, you know, processing the papers, uh, IELTS is costly. Hmm. It's costly in the Philippines, including the review. So it, it almost uh, ended up my my bank statement. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, okay. So who came to Canada first? My mom. She's the one who was sponsoring you? Nope. She oh. entered as a caregiver in Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. I can't I can't be sponsored by my mom because I was overage already. Oh yeah. I was early twenties. Oh yeah. And when did you get to Canada? April of 2011. I landed. First in I land I my point of entry is in Vancouver. I stayed there for one week. And then my final destination is in Calgary, Alberta, where I Why do you have to stay one week? My mom. I have to stay with my mom, of course. Okay. And then then you have to go to Alberta because that's where you're going to work. I'm not going to work. It's my final leg. I landed as an immigrant. Oh, okay. A permanent resident. So, yeah. Who were you going to stay in Alberta with? Uh, My uncle, who sponsored me. I yeah I stayed there for a couple of months. Mm. And then after a couple of months, you went you went to meet your mom or? Nope, I moved to a different quadrant of the city, closer to work. Oh okay. So I didn't I didn't drive back then, mm-hmm. and I arrived spring, mm-hmm. summer. It's by early fall. I moved to a different quad- quadrant closer to work. Because it's mm-hmm. getting cold already, and you know, Calgary is dif- is a different city back then. Uh, transportation is so hard. If you're not driving, you're gonna be freezing to death. Oh yeah. So you get to Canada. You're by yourself, really. I mean, you have family, but not much, right? Yeah. How challenging were those early days? <laughs> it's a struggle. I'm telling you. Uh, let's go back to 2010 hmm. before I migrated. So I worked as in Giordano in three months for three months, and then I got bored because you know folding clothes in a mall. That's not my thing. So I applied for a bank, a startup company, a Japanese company, uh, setting themselves up in the Philippines. So I was one of the pioneers, and. Since I was experienced, 
I always get stationed to different location where I, you know, just sitting pretty, relaxing, and always in a hotel hmm. because, you know, I, I have to set up a branch. So coming to Canada in 2011, it's a shock. <laughs> you know, my first job was in Toyota hmm. as a salesman, but I only stayed there for a couple of days. Why? Transportation is so hard. Like I said, back then, uh, my uncle's house is only five minutes away if you drive. But if you commute or you, if you ride public transit, you have to go to downtown. Then from downtown, you have to ride, from, uh, you have to go to downtown by a bus. And then from downtown, you have to ride a train going to uh, the terminal. And then from there, you have to ride a bus going to the airport. And then from the airport, you have to walk. How long is the ride? The drive. Per no, no, not the ride, the drive, the the commute. The commute, it's approximately one hour and a half or two, if you're if if you're unlucky. Wow. So yeah, so I have to quit because my uncle will drop me, and then after that, my uncle will pick me up, and it's not it's not good. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I'm the person who doesn't. Uh, uh, yeah, you don't like relying on people. No, I don't like relying on people. Like, mm. yeah. Mm. So after Toyota, where did you go? <laughs> after that, my uncle said, oh, okay, let's give it a rest. We'll, we'll find another. So <laughs> again, my, back then, uh, they said, Palakasan system, you know, mm-hmm. it's whom you know in Canada, it mm-hmm. existed here. So my uncle knows a HR in, um, in a washing facility and uh, I got a job. So I, it's, it, it's a washing, so you have to sort laundry. It's a laundry facility, right? Mm. So I was, I was hired but I only stayed there for three days. <laughs> you didn't like the job? I didn't like the job. Why? Coming from, I may, I may, I may sound proud or mayabang, but, you know, that's not my life. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not my life in the Philippines. I, I used to stay in the hotel. I used to be a boss, you know, mm-hmm. and then that's, that's the normal thing for new immigrants, right? That's right. That's right. Especially if you work already in the Philippines and uh, you have established yourself already. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even 30 when I get the uh, lead position, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's a struggle. It's uh, it's a, I only stayed for three days. First, the commute. It's hard again. The shift starts at six. And, you know, rush hour, you can always get a bus or I can hitch a ride with my uncle. Hmm. But my ship was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it's a struggle. So 
<laughs> I did. Yeah, so uh, I won't make it to work because it's too early and the first bus going out of the community starts at 8. So that's two hours late already. You, you can you can feel the uh, the frustration there, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah, I have a motorcycle in the Philippines, so uh, transportation is not an issue. I can go wherever, right? Mm-hmm. In Canada, you have to wait for the bus. So yeah, that's the one factor that made me quit. Another thing is it's I was stationed in a hospital, and <laughs> At first, yeah, okay, I can do this. The pay is good. Back then, it's uh, it's fifteen bucks, from the minimum seven eight dollars. And yeah, it's it's good money, right? But the thing is, when I was picking the soil laundry and putting it in the bin, I uh, I touched something wet. Oh boy! <laughs> Ew! Right? <laughs> Knowing it's an hospital, it's uh, it's it's a hospital. You know, you, you know where I'm getting it, right? Mm. You know, wearing gloves. Yeah, we wear gloves, but you know, if it's wet, you feel it, even if you're wearing gloves, right? Mm. <laughs> and that made you and quit. It made me quit, yeah, big time, because you know, I I came in healthy, and now I'm gonna be you know touching. Some soil linen, you know. Plus, I see some uh, syringe without the needle, mm. though. But still, scary. Yeah, yeah, that's dangerous. Yeah. So you're going through all these struggles, and I'm pretty sure you're homesick too. I am. I was, and I called my mom and I say, telling, uh, "This is not the life I want." <laughs> like. I'm okay. I'm okay in the Philippines. I'm earning well. I am good. So I told him I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna be saving enough money to go home, start something new. Cause you know, I might still have a job waiting for me. Cause my boss then offered me something in exchange to go into Canada. But silly me. I, I chose Canada because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. So I have to say no. So, yeah. Anyway, fast forward. So I quit this job. I I stayed for a few weeks in my uncle's house. I get really bored. Like, you know, uh, being by yourself. No friends, because I don't, I don't have friends. Yeah, right? that too. There's a tr- struggle too. Yeah, I don't have much friends back then. No smartphone yet, and I don't have a laptop with me, so no video call, no mm-hmm. video calls too. So yeah, it's a struggle. Yeah. So yeah, so I. I contact my I contacted my my friend in oh, my our friend family friend in Vancouver and she she was working in in a fast food right mm-hmm. and she said okay I'm going to help you I'm going to endorse you to this guy 
who's my friend, and he's a manager. He's a Filipino guy. Mm. Back then, there's lots of uh, foreign workers in Canada, so in, in in Calgary, sorry. And he introduced me. So it's a fast food. Not the great greatest job in the world. I didn't work in the fast food in the Philippines, so it's a struggle. But since there's lots of Filipinos there, I got to like it. You know, mm. lots of Filipinos, same age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you found friends. You found your people. I got found my. I found my people. I got. I found my friends. So, mm-hmm. and it started. That's you know, it's good. I'm earning money, and after a few months, because I I found some friends already. I know I know someone who worked in a warehouse. Mm-hmm. So he, that guy introduced me to the supervisor. I dropped by during my lunch break. I submitted my paperwork because I was stationed in the fast food in uh, industrial area. That's why oh. it's just you know it's around the corner. By. It's around the corner. Yeah, that's it. It also the, it was also the time that I moved. Out from my uncle's house, going to uh, new new quadrant closer to work because commute back then was two hours and a half. Mm. So, yeah. were your uncle okay with that when you moved out? Oh yeah, yeah, he understood because it, it was too far. So, closer to work, it's only like fifteen minutes bus drive. So, yeah, I moved there. Mm. Then I I. As earlier, I mentioned that I applied in a warehouse. Mm-hmm. After after the interview, they offered me a job already. It's way bigger, two times the uh, uh, the rate I was getting from McDonald's back mm-hmm. then. And uh, yeah, I grabbed it. And then I saved up money. I booked my flight going to the Philippines. Mm-hmm. I started my vacation. Wait, and you it, you you were working at the warehouse, warehouse and, then, and McDonald's back then. Oh, so you had two jobs. Yes. And then you saved money to go visit the Philippines. Remember, I I told you that my my mom told me to save up so that I can you know have something for me and start something. Hmm. That's why I took two jobs hmm. to speed up the process, right? Anyway, so I went home. I went to Singapore first for a layover to meet my girlfriend then, now my wife, who she works in uh, Singapore back then. And then I went to the Philippines. And I kid you not, it's a culture shock for me. <laughs> like, right at the bat, like, fuck. I- I'm using an analog phone. And you know you can even took it out. <laughs> Scary. Why? Because of the danger. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, being in Manila as a student, you know, I've seen a lot of, you know, snatching, mm-hmm. right? And then I was when I was working in a field, I saw a lot of, uh, you know. Uh, Motorcycle gang who just snatch your bag or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that time, 
there's lots of issues like the riding in tandem. Mm-hmm. So it's a scary shit. I kid you not. <laughs> I don't feel safe <laughs> mm-hmm. on my own country. Like that's right. So for the listeners, ride, riding in tandem is an issue in the Philippines. Is two guys on a motorcycle. One's driving and the other one will be, I don't know, just snatching cell phones or whatever else. And some of them actually assassinate people. Yep. So that's what RJ is saying. So continue with your culture shock in your own country. <laughs> so yeah, let me finish my term, uh, my, my vacation, went back. I'm not going to do it uh, anymore. I won't go back to the Philippines anymore. <laughs> like... It's beautiful, but it's a beautiful country, but the citizens are not. I kid you not. Like, mm. yeah, I'm proud to be Filipino, but hearing those corruption and everything, man, I sometimes I just, you know, I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. So you're glad you toughened it out in Canada? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you get back to Canada, you're still working for McDonald's and the warehouse? No, I quit in McDonald's after a couple of months working again. So hmm. because I'm earning money in uh, good money in warehouse. Okay. So I got I was on top rate already, so I don't I don't see the need to work double job mm-hmm. because the government's taking money, right? Every yeah. cent you earn, the government gets a portion of it. So. Mm. Eh. I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So what were you doing in the warehouse? What was your job? I was a order picker. Mm. So it's a free gym. <laughs> <laughs> it's a free gym. Like uh, lifting 25 pounds every day, multiple times of the day. Mm. will build your strength. Mm-hmm. What kind of the products were there? I was working in a grocery warehouse, so mm. all kinds of stuff. Mm, okay. So you were mentioning this earlier, and I want to ask you that. So you were in the Philippines. You're, as you said, quote-unquote, the boss, and then you get to Canada, and you're doing all this. You know, they are decent jobs, but for you, it's not your level. How did you feel doing those jobs? Well... Like everybody else, at at first you gonna be frustrated. Uh, it takes time to adjust, right? So there's a lot of pace. The first pace you feel when you first landed, the first pace is you're overjoyed, you're overwhelmed, mm. right? You're happy. This is new. This is beautiful. Like <laughs> everything is, seems colorful and vivid, right? The trees are different in color. You know what I mean? Like, wow, right? There's a wow factor. Mm-hmm. After the wow factor, you start to feel like you are alone because you don't have friends, new environment, mm-hmm. new struggles, right? And it's adjusting time. You, you feel frustrated. You feel sad. You feel depressed. Anxiety. What what's gonna happen? Because I can't I can't find a job. I applied a, as a uh, I, I submitted lots of uh, resume back then, and 
the only thing that they tell me, I can't hire you because you don't have Canadian experience. Mm. But how can you get a Canadian experience if nobody's hiring you? <laughs> right? It's catch 22. Yeah. And then, okay, then some will entertain you. They will interview you and then they will say, oh, you are overqualified. What? You said, when I applied for a, a managerial position, you told me I am underqualified. And then when I applied for uh, entry level, you said I'm overqualified. What, what are you trying to say, man? You have to, you know, make up your mind. Hmm. And then I submitted my work because they said you need to have a Canadian experience. So I heard that you need to volunteer. Mm. I went to one Filipino company. It's a lending company. That's my forte, credit and collection. Lending, lending company in Canada. Wow, right? So I, I went there. I, I talked to the manager. I, I asked, can I volunteer here? Just a volunteer. Like, if you want free, I just want to have an experience. Mm. How things work in Canada, right? And then they said, nope, we, we don't do that. It's free, man. It's just volunteer work. You don't want free? Free labor. I just want to, you know, have, uh, I just want to wet my feet, mm -hmm. be on the game, right? But yeah, okay, then the hell? That that's 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 the start that you feel like you're frustrated. You you get your frustration level is so high, your depression level is so high. You're not good enough. You're not even you know. It's hard to explain, right? Mm -hmm. And then after that pace, you you will eventually come to an acceptance. This is my life. This is my life now, right? And. You just have to suck it up. This is your life. Like what I told myself is I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for my children. Mm. So I have to suck it up and I have to embrace my new life in Canada, which I am thankfully uh, embracing right now for the past nine and a half years, almost mm. 10. That's nice. That's nice. So, you mentioned you have two kids, and you also mentioned that your girlfriend used to work in Singapore. Yeah. When did she come to Canada? We got married 2014. Mm. And then I petitioned her and my eldest, because when, when we oh. got married, I stayed there for five months, a long vacation. I know. <laughs> And we, she conceived with our firstborn. Mm. So, yeah, I came back uh, May 2014. So I started the process of processing them. Mm -hmm. But they arrived 20, September 2015 after my daughter, my eldest turned one. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Congratulations. That must be difficult bringing them here. Oh uh, yes, it is. Like you know, good thing there's uh, Skype and Viber. Mm. You can see them face to face, right? 
unlike the earlier years that <laughs> text only <laughs> <laughs> just right? pictures yeah mm. so what made you stay in that warehouse company i got friends so you know i always have a mantra that I need to be comfortable on my workplace because I spend most of my waking hours at work. Mm -hmm. So if you're comfortable at work and the pay is good, you stay there. But let me tell you. So after I went to vacation, right? Uh, I got married. Uh, so when I came back, that's where the company was on the process of merging. So my boss back then, he's, he said, oh, I can't. I can take you in. So, because we're in the process of uh, merging and, you know, who, who knows who's going to stay or who's going to leave, right? Mm -hmm. But before I went, before I arrived home, my supervisor back then in this warehouse phoned me and said, uh, hey, RJ, I heard that you're back and congratulations that you're married now. So I heard that you're looking for a job. It's the same company, but different facility. Mm. So I'm just wondering if you're interested in working in my warehouse. So from dry, from dry warehouse, he, he offered me a job as a order seat, order selector in a refrigerated frozen warehouse. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in the summertime, it's good. So I said, I, if you take the offer, I'm gonna give you the rate that you have that you were you have before, which is a good money back then. Hmm. And it's up to you to decide. You can take a look at the facility. It's a, it's summertime when I came back, right? Uh, if you want to visit, just bring your winter jacket. <laughs> no way. Yeah, because it's a refrigerated warehouse. So, okay, I bought my jacket. I can't say no. I can't say no to my boss because I don't want to work in a warehouse, in a cold warehouse. So I have to say no in a nice way. That won't offend him. Of course. Because he's, he's a nice guy. Mm -hmm. So what I told him, hey, hey, Scott, I want to try something new. You know what I mean? I want to try something like, an office job. Do you have anything like that? Because I was close with him. He said, no, that's a hard thing. So I can't, I can't give you the job, but I will try. He said, I will try. So, okay. I, he had my number and I waited for the bus. It's an hour and a half drive, right? It's an hour and a half commute going to my uncle's house because I when I first landed again I stayed in my uncle's house mm. and he said before I went before I arrived on the last leg of my trip because it's three-part ride he said well, hey RJ I just opened a position for you mm. <laughs> it's a clerical job so okay because I know it's he just opened a position because we're over my uh, there's too many people Hmm. doing the same job and I know because he knows how, how I work he gave me a try but he said I can only give you this job but you have to start from the be very beginning which is 15 bucks hmm. 
And I say, okay, it's a new experience and it opened a lot of window of opportunities for me. Mm-hmm. So I stayed there after seven months or eight months. I got promoted as a, as a team lead, which I wanted from the very beginning, mm-hmm. which was my position back then, back home. It's not a supervisor, but it's a team lead. Almost there, you know. And I stayed there, I stayed there for two years as a lead hand. Mm-hmm. And then one of the supervisors from that frozen warehouse went to head office. And he is the supervisor for logistics. Before he left, he told me, if there's an opening, I will definitely take you in. So I waited one year because yeah, who knows, right? I mean, I just take it like uh, it's it's just a promise. Like I don't believe in promises, right? <laughs> Unless until you until you give it or you tinupad uh, mo, mm-hmm. you fulfill it. You fulfill it. I won't believe it, <laughs> right? It's just promise, okay? Yeah. After a year, he phoned me. He said, "Oh, I have an opening for you. Are you interested?" And I said, "Yes. Why not? Right? Good pay. It's a new playing field, right?" He said, "I'm on the big game now, brother. So, <laughs> right? It opened a whole lot of windows, like." In a warehouse, you only deal with people within. Mm-hmm. When I was on the on the shipping receiving, I dealt with the drivers. But when if you are in the head office and in the logistics office, you deal with the with the with the inside people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, with the buyers, with the vendors, suppliers, anyone. And it's whole it's whole new game, so yeah. Oh, congratulations! I, I, I yeah, I was in the company, same company, since two thousand eleven, up to July of twenty twenty with the same company. I had to, yeah. What happened there? Why up to July? I quit. Oh, okay. So I quit because. There's too much pressure in the grocery, like pandemics, pandemic hit, right? And you know, if you could, if you could recall, shelves are empty, right? All shelves are empty. The pressure is in the logistics world. The buyers will pound you. Where's my product? Where's my product? <laughs> We need to store. We need to supply our stores. We need to get this product in. But again, pandemic, man. What yeah. can I do? That's the first round of pandemic, and everyone's scared, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's super pressure. At first, I was just sending resume. You know, I just wanted to talk to someone. <laughs> <laughs> That's my hobby. <laughs> I always send resume to opening just to test the water. Yeah. If if I am still 
uh, a good candidate, right? And to talk to HR as well. Because mm. being in a company for almost a decade, your your uh, interpersonal skills will be lessened. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah, because you get comfortable. But have but, you found yeah. a job now? Oh yeah, I was okay. with the with the new company since July of 2020. Congratulations. Yeah, but since March 2020, we were working from home, even from the old company, right? Mm. So I just switched laptop or switch username, but I'm on the same location. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's, uh, yeah. It's hard. It's hard working from home because my kids are there. My wife is there because mm-hmm. my wife's only working part time, right? And she will ask me. She will ask me, "Hey, are you you on break? Cook some lunch, please." <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> double job. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm at work. I'm working. <laughs> yeah. I should not be cooking for you. Yeah. That's funny, man. Thank you for those stories. That's a great story. Yeah. Um, so we're getting there, but I have a few more questions. In what ways do you think migration has made you a stronger person? Ah. So, back then, I, I, in the Philippines, I was strong already. They called me a zero because I was hard. No tap of steel. A zero is a steel. Mm-hmm. So, remember I was working in credit and collection and there are delinquent accounts. Delinquent accounts in the Philippines is quite different here in Canada, <laughs> right? Tell the listeners why. Oh, one, one story that I, I can't forget is one of my collectors, my field collector. We went to a... What you call that? Uh, notorious place. Mm-hmm. One of one of the notorious place in uh, in Pampanga, and we have to repossess a motorcycle. Oh boy! You know. <laughs> so, my collector said, "Let us go to this place because he the the customer frequent that that area." So we went there. We uh, we waited. So we we found the guy. The chase was on. So we were chasing mm-hmm. the guy. So my collector he cut him, and then the collector the the customer went behind his jacket, and he's on the uh, uh, on the form that he's gonna get his gun. Mm-hmm. And my collector said, "Okay, get your gun." And I will put a hole on your head. <laughs> Sir, go get the motorcycle. I, I got this. So, okay, I, read, I rode the motorcycle, went back to the branch, and I, I asked him, do you really have a gun? And he reached out to his jacket, and he showed me a piece of bullpen. <laughs> and I told him, what the fuck? What are you thinking, man? Are you trying to get us killed? Mm. You are armed with a pen? Mm-hmm. He said, 
It's just a matter of doing the first move. Mm-hmm. And it what, worked. <laughs> obviously. But what happened to the guy when you grabbed the motorcycle? He just back up? Oh, yeah. Because mm. there's two of us, one of him, right? Yeah. yeah. But so, still, he, yeah. he might have a gun. Probably, or a knife. Who knows? Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. Thank you for sharing the story. Yeah. Lots of adventures in fields in the Philippines. So that's one of those. <laughs> mm-hmm, for sure. So now you love living in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, back to the question that what made me stronger. Yeah. You're meeting new, uh, lots of people, different races, different culture, different backgrounds, right? You can't, you know, you, you can treat everybody lower than you because mm-hmm. who knows what their, their previous life before Canada was, right? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So you have to treat, treat them with respect. But again, some of guys, some of those people, they don't think like you. Mm-hmm. They're still living on their past. Like, you know. So you have to toughen up. Like, I always, you know, just smile and just talk to them. Like, I always believe that if you treat them nice, they will treat you back nice. Mm. Right? Sure. Yeah, it works most of the time because that's how I deal with my customers back then. When they're del- delinquent, I always talk to them, try to help them, what, what's going on, mm. right? But most part, they, it won't. <laughs> you just have to suck it up, move on. Yeah, exactly. So you said that you love living in Canada now. Mm-hmm. And what are those few things that you love about living in Canada? Well, if you go to places... Lots of park here, beautiful places. In Calgary, we're just only a few hours, a few, uh, few hours drive to Rockies in Bound. Mm. It's a beautiful place. Lots of free. It's free. Like I always go there with zero cash on my pocket, <laughs> but a full tank of gas. Because mm. you just have to grab food on your counter, on your fridge, mm. drive, done, right? Because so I have those uh, annual pass for National Park, mm. and it's relaxing. It is. When I was single, and I was driving already, I just go to uh, Kananaskis area. It's a provincial park. Mm-hmm. And just drive around. You know, The scenery is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing. Another thing is medication, medical expenses. It's free. Yeah, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, I was frequenting the doctor, you know, because I feel something. Mm. And I undergo a lot of uh, tests. If I, we were, if we were in the Philippines, it will bankrupt me. <laughs> For sure. But here, yeah, free. Yeah, you just the go medication home is, Yeah, and then the, the medication is uh, covered by the insurance. When my wife gave birth to my, my second child, we didn't pay anything. Mm-hmm. Right. So, speaking of medical, we went back to the Philippines January of 2020. My eldest suffered a diarrhea, oh. and holy, we we check into hospital. Initial down payment is ten thousand pesos. That's roughly around five hundred bucks. Whoa! Right. So 
shoot, I don't have money because I'm not used to bringing money. <laughs> right? We can go out here without money. Mm-hmm. Right? But we, we have card, you know, plastic money, right? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, so we spent there three days and guess how much we paid? Mm. Just to be discharged. It's around 50,000 pesos. Roughly Whoa. $1,200. $1,200. What the hell Canadian. did they do? They give you a bag of cocaine? <laughs> I, I don't know. Holy shit. But good thing, good thing my insurance company covered it. Okay. So uh, I didn't pay a, a dime. Yeah, yeah. You're right, man. So I like testing my immigrant guest mm-hmm. with this question. So if you have become financially secure, you don't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Would you move back to the Philippines or you still stay in Canada? If I have lots of money, money to spend, I would stay there. <laughs> buy an island, why not? Right? <laughs> or buy a huge farm, why not? Mm-hmm. I always dream of uh, sustainable living. Mm. I, don't, I don't want to pay for anything. Wind, wind power, solar power, plant my own food, mm-hmm. you know, take care of my own animals. Right? So if I have lots of money, I would stay there. Mm-hmm. That's but awesome. I don't. So I'm staying here. <laughs> someday, someday you'll have it. <laughs> I'm going to be staying here until my kids are older. Mm, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. I think we're there. But do you have any last remarks for the listeners? Uh, thank you for having me. And I would like to invite everyone to check my Facebook page, RJM Kids Mansion 184. And my YouTube channel, the same name, RJM Kids Mansion 184. On Instagram as well. Same name. That's awesome. That's awesome. Again. And please support my friend here on his uh, channel. He's a really nice guy. I like him. Oh, thank I, you. I'm only intending to talk to you in fi- for 15 minutes, but I enjoy talking to you. So we're past five minutes after <laughs> an hour. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on the podcast, RJ. You're welcome. Bye. Take care. Again, RJ, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Aaron Deliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.